how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome back to the show. In this episode, I sat down with Mark L. Smith. His film credits include Seance, Vacancy, Vacancy 2, and then he hit big with The Revenant, followed by Overlord, The Midnight Sky, The Marsh King's Daughter, and now The Boys in the Boat, also directed by George Clooney. Upcoming projects include Twisters and a new series called American Prime Evil. In this conversation, we talk about writing The Revenant on spec, his experience in working with the boys on the boat, which he says was the greatest writing experience of his life, some touch points that he connected with with George Clooney to talk about the script, and difficulties in the writing process, among other things. You can also find this interview on the Creative Screenwriting website. Here's my conversation with Mark L. Smith. I was, I didn't start till really late. I was, um, God, my 30s? I guess I, my family, we had a dude ranch, believe it or not, in Colorado. And we were, it was like 2,000 acres surrounded by a quarter million of national forests. So we were literally middle of nowhere. And, um, and our driveway was a two and a half mile old stagecoach trail through a canyon and up into the, uh, to our place. And so we had this dude ranch and it was a resort and we were open in the summers and, we would shut down um, early fall, like late September, early October. And I found that I had nothing. I, it was my wife and I, and we had some kids and and just starting to grow up there. And so I had nothing to do. It was like, what am I going to do for those, you know, those five months in the snow and, you know, to avoid becoming Jack Nicholson, you know, in The Shining. And so I, um, I started playing and it started out off with just writing stories for my kids. And, um, and then it went from there and we submitted a couple things like for children's books and was going to get something published. And then I realized I, um, I love, always loved film. I love movies and I'm from my youngest years. And so it was like, okay, if I, maybe I can do this, maybe I can write, combine the two dude writing and, um, and it, you know, with, with film. And so I, I wrote, I started writing screenplays. I went and did a couple workshops in LA and tried to sponge everything I could. And then I, I just wrote and I just wrote and wrote and wrote and, um, and just wrote one, finished it, started the next and just kept going until I kind of found my way through it. And, um, and then just got really lucky, man. When did you start to feel like this is my lane or this is my voice. Cause you kind of started with some horror and then we shifted to maybe more like drama, but when did you feel like, okay, this feels like what I care most about or something like that? Yeah. I, I would like option and sell things like drama, early stuff. That was kind of always where I leaned to begin with and, but couldn't get anything made. And at the time back in like the early two thousands, it was like, you know, the, the horror stuff was really popping. And so I thought, well, let me just try that. And so I wrote a couple of those and then it just, then it became my thing, you know, then suddenly that was kind of what I was doing and it wasn't really what I'd intended. And, um, but I, uh, and so then I, I was able to, I, I guess it was probably 
think I wrote The Revenant in 2007. So that was kind of the point where then people kind of looked at me differently. It was like, oh, okay, you can do a little bit more than than horror stuff. And so, um, and then that kind of that kind of helped me start getting to choose kind of the the things that I was doing a little bit more. And so, how did you originally see the Rev? I actually just spoke with uh, Chad Fian that does um, Bass Reeves, the new the new show with Taylor oh, yeah. Sheridan. Right. He mentioned actually looking to the Rev the Revenant as kind of inspiration of like this is a man against the elements to some degree. Like, is that kind of how you originally saw that story? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, I went at it, I, I attacked it a little differently. It started one thing when Alejandro came on, it, it changed a bit. My my original version of the story was, it was, um, Hugh Glass didn't have, there was no son with him. His son had died when he was a little boy. And you kind of had this opening shot of this, a father's hands, a little boy's hands, and they were carving a star in the stock of a rifle. And the little boy was kind of coughing and you understood that he was ill and their dialogue. And then he, he pricked his finger and a little drop of blood kind of went through the grain of the rifle and just kind of disappeared into it. And you went from that shot to like 20 years later and it's Leo, it's Hugh Glass with the rifle, that same rifle. And so my version of it was when Fitzgerald, when Tom Hardy's character, Fitzgerald, you know, left him to die and took his rifle, he took his son. He took all he had left of his son. And so my my version was always a kidnapping. It was almost like it was a kidnapping story. And and Glass's journey was getting that piece of his son back. It wasn't a revenge thing at all. It was just like I, you know, he didn't care whether Fitzgerald lived or died. And um, and then the one thing that Alejandro wanted to do was kind of change it into I guess leaning more just something visceral, something that there could be like, you know, a, a real feeling of, you know, they have to hunt this guy down for a real purpose. But, um, but no, and I, I did, I loved the idea. I, I still do. I, I like the idea of, of putting characters and taking away all kind of, I, I like period stuff because there's no cell phones, no technology, no, none of that. And it's like, you just get down to the most basic human instincts, you know, of survival and how to deal with stuff and, and things like that. And that, I love that with the Revenant, the idea of being able to do that. So I kind of leaned into that. And, um, and I remember I wrote, it was a very descriptive thing because I knew I didn't have a lot of dialogue. And so I had to make sure that, because I, I was writing it, this was, this was on stack. So it was not, you know, it wasn't set up. It wasn't anything. So it, I had to make sure that the read was really interesting and nobody would get bored with all the, the quiet. And so I got really detailed about, you know, the land and what it felt like and what was happening under their feet. And the bear attack was probably, a, you know, a couple pages long, a few pages, just the, all the action and stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, that, that was it. And that was kind of the, the first time I kind of got to, I played more with words there than than usual because I didn't have the dialogue. So I got to kind of branch out and I found some things I really like doing that way, just descriptive wise, prose wise. What part of that do you feel like you have to just leave to the director though? Like if, like if you're describing a bear attack in the woods, you can describe a hillside and things like that. But are there parts of it where, like, is there anything you took out for, for that reason, just to kind of like pass the reins, I guess? No. Um, I, I feel like it's always I'm gonna I'm gonna put down what I see, kind of, and then give them as much as I can, and then 
they can t use it or not use it. Like it was funny. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the kind of the motions and the, the actions of that bear attack, for instance, just as I wrote it five years before we shot it, those, those exact things were in there, you know? And so the, uh, but for instance, um, with the bear attack in the script, I had glass being attacked and you'd see it, but then I had the, then I would cut to the guys running back. Like it was, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? Then it was um, glass attack. It's going back and forth and back and forth. And then Alejandro genius that he is, it was like, no, you know, we don't go back to that. We just stay on this. We don't let the audience get away from it. You're just thrown into it. And so those are the kind of changes that, you know, you try to, you try to give them something that they see and then let them kind of do what they want with it. You know? Where do you uh, begin your adaptations? Like logistically, do you do the 40 beats? You do note cards? Like, what does it look like when you're starting something like that? I don't outline. I don't recommend it necessarily because it. I, I spend a lot of time beating my head against the wall. Like, well, how did I get here? Um, I, I, I've outlined in the past some and it was it would lock me in. I felt like oh, rather than letting the story kind of come to me as I was going, I was... It was like, okay, now I can't do that. Even though I think that's really good, I can't do that because it's going to throw me off what I've already laid out. So I just stopped laying things out and I just let it go and I discover it and I hear, you know, and it, 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 it requires a lot of like, I'll write and then I'm just going back and I'm rewriting because I'm discovering and things are changing. So it's just a constant cycle. Um, but so I, I don't, I mean, it's adaptations feel like cheating sometimes because it's laid out for me in a lot of ways. Now the Revenant was different. It was more of a, just a, you know, the world and the idea and the setup. And then a lot of it, we just had to kind of create. And so um, that was a little different, but like boys in the boat, um, it was this, you, you knew the beginning, middle and end. So it was just kind of figuring out the, you know, the beats that you wanted, you know, the, the dialogue, the kind of those kind of things that weren't necessarily in the in the book itself. And so, um, yeah, but I, I love I love adapting things because I always feel like, you know, book authors are always so much better writers than me anyway. So if I can just use their stuff and build off of it, then, you know, it makes my life easier, makes me did, look better. Did you need to adopt a certain mindset and the idea of not outlining? It seems like you just have to, sh you'd have to kind of shift over to like, well, it's going to take the time that it takes. There's going to be a dozen drafts or whatever. Like, it seems like you just have to accept that, right? Yeah, I did. It did. And it, I didn't, like I said, I only tried the outlining like once or twice early on. And, and I mean, I really, when I first started out, it was, you know, it was kind of pre-email, you know, pre all of that. So if I wanted to send a script off to get someone to read it, like an agent or someone, I was trying to get something when I was first beginning, this was like putting in the postal mail, you know, and you would mail it and you would wait weeks to hear back. And so by the time I heard back from that one, I'd already finished the next one. I just sent it off and it would start. And so I just kept learning. And so I just, the self-taught thing, I guess better or worse, you find kind of what, feels right you probably missed some things you know i probably could have made my life a little easier you know if i'd have, if i'd have kind of followed the, the the more normal path but it's just um it just kind of feels it's smooth man it just works for me so so how'd you get involved with the boys in the boat i was doing um i i'd, I'd written 
a script uh, based on the the book uh, Good Morning Midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton. And we were going to directors and uh, George Clooney uh, read it, liked it, raised his hand. So he was going to do it. And I had never um, read Boys in the Boat. That's that's kind of the one thing with like whenever you feel like I'm when I'm writing. By writing, you don't always get to read what you want to read. Um, you know, the things that are out there because you're reading what people have send you and then you just don't have time. And I miss a lot of really good stuff. And so, because um, I'd heard about Boys in the Boat for the longest time, and um, but I'd never, I'd never read it. And then, so George, the first time we met about um, what became Midnight Sky, he gave me, he said, "Would like you to write." I just got this. Um, Would like you to to write it. Would you look at it? And so I looked at it, and as soon as I read it, it was like, oh, man, "It's a gift," you know. It's just this is so. It's just one of the most amazing books, and. Um, and so I said, yeah, man, I'm in. And so did that. And while he was shooting, um, doing Midnight Sky, I, I, it was during the pandemic. Um, it was 2020. And I, I locked away and, and did Boys in the Boat. And it was like the, the most fun thing I've ever written. It was just, I just, I loved everything about it. And um, I really like Daniel Brown, the author. He's nice. I would send him pages and to get his approval, you know, along the way. Because I was, I just felt what he did was so amazing. It was like, I just didn't want to, you know, didn't want to upset him. But, um, but no, I, that was, um, that was it. I remember as I wrote it, I would, um, I created this playlist with like Seabiscuit and the natural and, and all these kind of sports films and all this kind of thing. And I, um, and whenever I was writing the races, I found myself like, I didn't realize I was doing it and I'm, I'm rowing and I was, I was rocking like while I was typing and it was just, um, I was just so into it. No, it's, it's still, yeah, it's, it's my favorite thing I've done. Did you read the book first or did you have conversations with the author and Clooney about like the North star of the projects? Like, or do you, how does that kind of come to be? No, they, I guess there'd been, there had been earlier drafts of the script because the book had, you know, the other people, a lot of people had tried to get it made in like the 10 years previous. And, um, but the first thing George said was, there are other drafts, but we don't want you to read them. We don't, don't, don't even look at them. And so I didn't. So I just got, they gave me the book and I read it. And, um, and then that was it. And there was, there was no early conversation with Daniel. I don't think I sent him, I sent him my opening pages, like my opening 10 pages. And I, I remember he, he told me, cause it, none of that was, it wasn't in the book. And, um, and I said, what do you think? Are you okay? And he, he said, I always imagined that. He said that I always saw that scene. I, this is, this is exactly what I saw. And so it was like a really nice feeling. I felt like we were then going to be on the same page. And so I felt like I kind of maybe had cracked it. And so, um, and it was, I didn't do George any favors with it. Cause I think my, my draft was 165 maybe pages long. It, there, the book has so much story and so much character and so much about the relationships and the dynamics and so trying to get it in but it it needed it almost should have been and daniel and i talked about this and george and i talked about it. it's like it almost needed to be a a limited series in a way if you were going to do get everything that was in the book in into a you know get it on screen it almost had to be limited so i gave george everything that that i thought was there and then he it was up to him to kind of figure out how to pare it down i think they shot a lot of stuff that they didn't 
they didn't put in just because it was trying to keep it tight. I think it's like 205 now or something. And it's, um, you know, the, the, the finished product. Was there ever talk of maybe doing a limited series or does George seem to prefer making films as opposed to? I think this one he always saw as a film. He always saw, and, and he and I, we, we both, whenever we first started our touchstones, you know, were, you know, Hoosiers and the natural and, and, you know, just the, the wonderful sports films that we kind of knew when we were younger. And so, um, so that's what we were trying to kind of trying to do that. So I think that was always in our mind and, and I was good with it. You know, it was like, and I, I don't, I don't mind a longer movie, you know, if, as long as I don't get bored, it's like, it's fine. I'm, I'm still interested. And so, um, but it's, uh, but I do get, I do get now, you know, like for this kind of film, you know, a two hour kind of thing is right. Probably. Is there anything you felt like you needed to add? Like with, with, you know, Hoosiers, most people are familiar with basketball, the natural, the same way. Do you, do you feel like you need to add more about the rules or something like that? So every audience understands right away. Yeah, I did. A, a lot of that was spent. And it, it, in some ways, um, kind of like the Revenant, I did, I was very descriptive about the, the training and what the oars were doing whenever they were turning and the clank and the click and the, you know, you're, you're, you're getting your sway, you know, it's all, all the different things and the, you know, catching a crab whenever a, the oar gets stuck and it hits you in the chest and those kind of things. It was like, I did feel like I needed to walk through and make sure all that stuff was clear. So people, once the real big action was going and the races were going, they weren't going, wait a second, what's happening, you know? And so, um, so yeah, that was kind of important for more of a, yeah, it's an, it's a niche sport, you know? And so a lot of people don't kind of know it. And so, and especially it's one thing to see it on screen, but to read it, it's, um, yeah, I felt like I needed to make sure that people really could wrap their heads around. So 165 pages or so, do you do different types of passes? Like is, is edit number three, a character pass, edit four, is act, anything like that, where you separate the way that you revise the script no i um i keep i'm revising the entire time that i'm going my, my goal is always to to give them a draft that they can they feel like they could shoot that's that's it i don't that's not like okay here's this but i know we need some character work or something i i just keep going back and as i discover stuff and i go back and it's just it's just a constant thing but um no i think boys was maybe my first draft I think we did a, we added some a couple things, you know. And George wanted a few things, and then he he did a couple things on the spot, like the kind of the beginning and end with the older gentleman at the um like the older Joe Rance that that was George. He kind of added that, and um, but um, but yeah, pretty much the the draft I turned it, it was it was like that with the Revenant as well. I think it's it's kind of, I don't know. I always feel like. <laughs> What I write at the beginning, and I, I'm always take notes, and we can make things better. But what I write, what I give at the end, is like what I feel like is the absolute best version. You know, there are no things that I would want to change from the thing that I turn in. And so, um, so then hopefully I'm, I haven't missed too badly. What do you find to be the most difficult part of the writing process? I know it's changed over time. Um, it used to be just, I used to love first acts. First act, setting stuff up, and then I would I would lose it. You know, whenever I was first kind of writing specs, it was like, oh, this is a this is a great idea, but it was hard. I, I had trouble kind of closing the door, finishing it. You know, it, it would and um, 
And probably some of that is maybe from the, the fact that I didn't kind of outline, didn't beat things out, you know. And now I've kind of gotten, I figured that part out. Um, I don't know. I, I really like it. It's like, I'm not sure it's difficult. I, I'm a, a very big, I'm a structural creature. Every, I'm huge on st structures, the key for me. Um, and it was the key for me whenever I was beginning because it's such a daunting thing when you look at, okay, page one and it's blank. And you know, God, I got to do at least a hundred pages of this, you know, and where am I going to go? And I do it. So I, I, I just made it a math equation and I, I took it and, you know, I, I know where my little, you know, what's going to happen in those first 12 pages, you know, so I just got to write 12 pages. I don't have to write a hundred pages. I have to write 12. And then it's like, well, now the first act's going to be like 28 to 30. So, okay. I, I only have to write another, you know, 15 pages, you know? And so there, now I got a first act. Wow. Okay first act now it's like okay i only have to go write another 30 you know 2015 something so i just break it up and so it doesn't feel like it's quite as overwhelming and um and that was probably that helped me as much as anything i think was just the idea of of not um feeling like the job was going to be too big and so it's like if I, I just kind of shrink it down i remember the very first workshop i went to um it was uh afi and I was in, I'd been living in Colorado. Like I said, I was living in Colorado. I went out there um, for a couple months uh, and the teacher came in and said, okay, you guys are here to, to write screenplays and you all want to write a screenplay and you're all sure you're going to write a screenplay. And I'm going to tell you right now, none of you are going to finish the screenplay. He said, you, you, life is going to get in the way, jobs, children, family, you're going to have all these ideas. You're going to get stuck with something with some part of the script and it's just too tough and you've got other things to do. So you're never going to finish. And, um, and so me, I'm, I'm extremely competitive in everything as my kids would tell you, like any, any, any kind of thing. So that to me was like, all right, here we go. We're on, you know? And so, um, so that was, that was kind of the challenge. And then, so that helped push me through the early difficult kind of times, you know? And so, um, but uh, no, so that's that's kind of I guess for me that like I said the the structure of it and then finding I love the idea whenever I found a character you know it's like I don't always have them at the beginning but I know kind of my first scene what I want to do and I know how it's going to end um, and then the rest is discovery and whenever I, whenever the, I start realizing as my wife will say. I heard you, you know, I heard these lines of dialogue, you know, and I'm, I'm saying them out loud. And as I'm suddenly saying them out loud and I don't even realize I'm saying them and I, as I'm writing them, then it's like, okay, that's like the greatest feeling because now, now that I found the character, the character found me or whatever it is, it's like, okay, now that's smooth. We're just, I'm, I'm following them now. It's no longer me leading them along the way. It's like, you know, they're leading me. And, you know, so, um, so yeah, that's, um, that's it. So I, I, I wish I could make it sound more difficult. I'm really lucky because like such an easy job, you know? So, um, and you, you know, you get to work with like incredibly wonderful people. And it, it really is, even at the beginning, before I got anything made or whatever, just the, maybe because of what that professor told me that first time about the, you know, not, not finishing and um, never finishing the, the feeling of accomplishment with the very first script was just like, Oh man, you know, I, I did that and now I can do it again. You know, it just, um, 
I think for everyone that's trying, that's writing, you know, just that feeling, regardless of whether it sells, optioned, made, anything, it's like something to really be proud of because it is, it isn't easy, you know, it's like, it's, you know, writing and, and getting through and especially starting out, you know, like I said, I was lucky because we had a, I had a bit, we had a business and stuff and I, I didn't have to go to work every day. I didn't have to, you know, all those winter months, you know, I could lock away and um, a lot of people can't do that. So it's, I had a much easier path, but, um, but yeah. It seems like maybe because of that teacher, maybe from other things, you were maybe more process oriented than results oriented. You just kept writing and writing and writing. Yeah. A hundred percent. That, that really is it. It's um, for me, it was always learning. Each one was like, okay, get, get better, get better. Okay. What did I do here? And what can I do there? God, I hope that, I hope somebody wants to buy that one, but if they don't, then this one will be better and they'll do that. So it's, it was just always kind of writing and, you know, I, I like to play golf and I find that almost more than actually playing, I love going to the range. I just love hitting balls, you know? And so, and it's just like hitting and just feeling through it and just getting, trying to, trying to adjust things and tweak things. So I think it's the same thing. I, the process is, is kind of it, even, even with when things get made and I'm kind of already always past it and like, okay, how will how will that help us get to this point? What do we, you know? How can we use this now to write this thing that I want, or you know, and how, how I adapted that book now? How can I get this book? And so, um, yeah, it's a uh, process is it. And you were exactly right. Were you um, also like in the earlier days? Were you also adapting books before you even had the rights to them? Were you just totally spec, or were you getting that? How was that kind of logistically working? It was totally spec. The Revenant may have been the first. I wrote a Western on spec and sold it. It was the first thing I sold. Um, and it was a Western. Then someone had the rights to the Revenant. Anonymous content had the rights to the Revenant. And um, and because they'd read that Western, they thought it might might be a good fit. And so I think, yeah, that was the first one. And then after that, it it um it was much easier. I got I got more of them, you know, which was which was nice. Because specs, man, specs are specs are tough they um you know the anything original is tough you know now I, I find and i think i've probably gotten lazy you know over the years it's like wow i could do this book and that and it's really great and all the stuff's laid out and these characters are there i don't have to figure out how it's going to end and so um so those those are nice original scripts are are tricky and I, I still do like it i find doing two tv shows now one is shooting now and one is going to start um in the fall and they were both original which and so it was all just kind of from ground up just creating everything and, and inventing and stuff and um gotta be honest it's a little exhausting man it's just um uh, it's the uh you know i don't know it's again it's just it's so nice when you can piggyback off of some just amazingly talented author you know and just uh and do it that way you know we're mainly talking about sales um but looking back like how many unsold scripts do you have just to kind of inspire those people who haven't got their first sale yet oh my god um <laughs> i mean i don't even remember all the things i've written you know that didn't that didn't sell um it, it really was whenever i first started and i was doing it so fast i mean even now i, I don't i think the revenant was like three or four weeks that's how long boys in the boat was three or four weeks. And, um, once there's something and I've, and it's, 
I know what I'm going. I always feel like if I if I go over a month on a feature, I probably because I bumped on something. You know, there's something I did wrong earlier in like act one, so I can't. You know, I'm not getting through it. Um, but no, whenever I was first starting off, man, I like I said, I I would I would have all these what I thought were you know kind of these great first acts and setups and characters and stuff, but I just didn't know how to kind of finish it. And um and that's there's, there's just a learned thing. It's just really. It's all about, um, you know, it's, I always, you, you just got to keep learning and not quit on it. It's like a war of attrition. It's um, just, I always steal that line from Butch Cassidy, which is, you know, it's just, but it just got to outlive the bastards. You know, it's like all the people that say no and all the people that didn't do it at the beginning. It's like, I just got to keep writing and getting better so that, you know, they may not be around, but I'm just going to be, you know, I'll still be here and I'll keep doing my thing. And so, um, so no, it's, it really is the early ones I wouldn't show to anyone, you know, now looking back at the time, it was like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Like, wait till people see this, you know? And then, um, and now I look at it, it's like, Oh, you know, so um, no, just, you just gotta, you can't let, you just can't, you can't let that beat you. You know, if you really love doing it, I mean, that's the other thing. If, if it's like, you really love writing and you really kind of get lost in it, like still now it's, it's, you know, I'll, I'll skip lunch. I'll forget to eat lunch. You know, I'll just keep writing. I'm on a roll, you know? And if you really like doing that, then, and I did even at the beginning. So it didn't matter if it wasn't, if it wasn't selling, if I thought I'm getting better and I love what I'm doing, then what's the problem? You know, just keep, keep going. And it really was, you know, it's like, there were so many things that didn't, that I thought were going to get made, or I thought we're going to get, you know, sold and didn't at the beginning and then um it's just luck it really is i think that's probably as much as anything it's your if you keep writing and you keep getting better if you do it long enough luck's going to find you you know you're going to get lucky and once and i think this is you know a lot of facets of life not just writing but if you know you just got to kind of keep your head above water until you kind of get that lucky lucky break and then suddenly you know people kind of find you just a uh, last question did you see any difference i'm not sure there was a gradual incline but did you see, notice any difference in the ones that started to sell did, were you doing something different was there a the different hook or a different angle or anything like that and westerns um, are particularly difficult so I'm, I'm kind of surprised that's one of the first yeah no it was um yeah, it was. It was a it was a Western thriller, almost like a Silence of the Lambs in the West. Um, the I don't think. No, I mean, I, I think I've just gotten tighter. I think I'm just better with character and better with story, you know, and kind of laying things out. And I mean, the truth of the matter is I'm probably no better, really, a writer than I was years ago people just read my stuff now you know a lot a lot of people when you're first starting off you just it's just impossible it's that kind of catch-22 of can you know trying to send stuff get stuff to people and it's probably i'm sure it's different now with ways to submit and things that weren't available whenever i was starting out but you know now the production companies producers don't want to can't read that you know because it's unsolicited and stuff you need an agent you need a rep well how do i get a rep i can't get a rep because the reps aren't reading the stuff and it's just, it can really beat you down at the beginning. And so, um, so I think, you know, I'm, 
I'm probably about the same writer that I was. I mean, I've learned certain things and I've gotten, you know, as with everything, when you do it this long, you get better. But, um, but I, I think it's just the access I have. So you get more successful because people then have an idea. It's no longer that it's just this, oh God, here's some script postmarked from Colorado. What am I going to do with this shit? You know? And it's, um, now it's like, okay, you know, he's, he's done something. So we'll take it a little seriously, more seriously. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. If it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.